0: Appreciate you, fellas, as always. I am your guy. Hardball hard That's right. Hardball hard Welcome to another edition of Hanging with Harge. Mike Harge here representing the 254, as always, and now representing the 512. Thank you all for joining me. Make sure you hit me up on all social medias. Tell your friends to tell a friend to tell a friend to find us at TS Unfiltered on Twitter and Texas Sports Unfiltered on uh, Instagram, hit me up on all of my social medias. It's all at Harge, And of course, hit us up on the text line, 512-222-9328. One well, special shout out to all of our sponsors. We got a new one that's coming on board with us, and I'll tell you all about them in just a little bit. But I also wanted to bring this up. You know, yesterday I told you, opening the show, beauty was in the eye of the beholder. And I was talking a lot about the Texas football team, how they won, what did they do. Uh, There was times before where we would have been looking at this game and figuring that Texas was not going to win the game. that They would have found a way to lose. Well, they ended up winning the game. And people are still trying to figure out, is this Texas team for real? Yes, this Texas team is for real. And I'll tell you why in just a little bit. But I also wanted to bring up something, too. I had an opportunity to go and watch a... Uh, I, went, I got a chance to go watch a comedian the other night. Cap City Comedy Club, shout out to you guys. You do a great job over there. Your staff is phenomenal. They took care of us. It was outstanding time. But I was watching this comedian named Jay Farrow. He's He does impersonations. He's outstanding, but he also is always bringing messages because he had an incident during COVID that he brought up during the show. He had an incident during COVID where he's jogging. He's got his head set in, and it's noise canceling, so he's not paying attention, and he was listening to the word. He was listening to a scripture as he was running, and he said sometimes you got to listen to the voices inside of you. There may be a moment that you're not listening that might be present for you. And it was interesting to me because of the story of what he did. He got uh, mistakenly identified as someone. Stop me if you heard that before. While he was jogging, it meant description of his uniform or whatnot uniform, but the clothes he was working out in because he was making a run out there. So, for me, it's always, it comes back to don't always believe everything you see because even salt looks like sugar. Everybody is not going to be the exact same. So, don't try to put people in a box. And I say all of that to bring it back to the fact that you looked, you look at this Baylor team and on paper, you would think it would be one way. You look at Dave Aranda and his thought process and how his calm demeanor, almost, you know, stoic-like when he talks. And you try to figure out, is this team one of those teams that we should always be afraid of? And Coach Sark made a statement last week leading into all ball games. It was actually two weeks ago when he was talking about Alabama. We respect everyone, but we fear no one. And that goes on the other side. That goes on the other side. You have to start putting all of this together. You have to start understanding That you are going to get everybody's best shot. And I brought this up the other day. And this is where I believe Baylor has failed. They hadn't paid a lot of attention to the transfer portal. I talked to you the other day about Texas State and what they've been able to do. They've already been ahead of that. This goes back to my homeboy Jake Spavitoff. And I know a lot of people in Texas State think that Jake filled, and that's okay. But if you knew why Texas State is able to have this success now, it's because of some of the things that Jake was able to establish. (laughs) The Transfer Portal was one of them. They're starting to build some things around Texas State right now. They're doing renovations. They're trying to become one of those teams that can compete year in and year out but he laid the groundwork for that coach uh aranda although very stoic and and i see somebody said sd said he's stoic because there's nothing going on there is something going on this guy's he's a good football coach he's a good brilliant football mind but if you walk into The ring with Mike Tyson, and you're Jerry Cooney, that's not gonna be a good look. Right now he's playing with a lot of Jerry Coonies, but you have to respect them because this game is the most focused game that they're gonna have. This is the the biggest game on their schedule because it is the University of Texas. It's the University of Texas's farewell tour. But most importantly, this is an opportunity for Coach Aranda to get these fans to believe in him again. Because right now, they're not believing in what they're seeing. You lost to Texas State, even though they recruited and brought in a bunch of transfers. That was a great move by them. But you also brought in Another quarterback that, let's be honest, you let Gary go Buchanan go, oh, excuse me, Bohannon go, because you thought that Blake Chapin was going to be your guy, and then Blake Chapin ends up not being the guy and ends up getting hurt. Now you're bringing in Sawyer Robertson, who he went to Mississippi State because he thought he was going to be in a Mike Leach offense, and then Mike Leach's unfortunate passing. Now he's in a transfer portal, he comes back to Texas and your offense is nothing like what it was meant to be for him. So there's a lot of change that needs to take place within Baylor's program, but most importantly, Texas has to control the controllables, and that is whatever's going on on their side of the ball, on Texas's game plan. How? What is Texas going to do? to clean up the offense. So it is one of those things to me, as I said, you got to respect everybody and you got to look at it as if this is going to be the biggest game of your season as a Texas Longhorn fan. I still believe that. I still need to figure out what's happening. But yesterday during the uh, press conference with Coach Shark, one of the questions that was asked of him was how do you explain the slow starts? Texas has historically, under Coach Sark, been a better first-half team than a second-half team. And throughout the years, we've been very critical of the adjustments that are being made after halftime, after the script has been played. Can you adjust as other teams adjust to you on the sideline, in the locker room? And we have been fortunate enough to see that this team has become a better second half team. As a matter of fact, in the three games that Texas has played this year, they've scored 21 points or more. Well, it's basically 21. But 21 points or more in the second half. In the third quarter against Rice, they scored 21 points to pull away in the game. In the fourth quarter against Alabama, and then this past weekend against Wyoming, they scored 21 points. Now we've seen some things. Now defense has played a big part of it, punt returning special teams with X-Men setting it up, but regardless, they have made plays. But the biggest question has been what? can you please explain what's happening and what is causing these slow starts? And Coach Sark, you know, he didn't seem like he was in a playful mood yesterday.
1: I just haven't finished some drives. You know, we've had pretty good drives early in the games. Um, and we've gotten ourselves into the red area and we haven't we haven't finished those drives. You know, I mean most notably I mean you think about the Alabama game. We we were moving it. We just weren't we weren't punching it in the end zone. And so finishing those drives I think is important. Um you know the other night that that second drive was a 90-yard drive that it just took us a while (laughs) i think that's the part that sometimes frustrates us too he says we're so used to kind of getting yards in chunks and and punching it in that sometimes when you have to be a little bit more methodical there's nothing wrong with that we shouldn't feel disappointed going 90 yards and scoring a touchdown Mm -hmm. but in the end it's it's owning the openers and owning our game plan and um you know Again, we have a veteran team that really tries to do what we ask of them to do on the offensive side of the ball. And again, we've placed a lot of emphasis on finishing in the fourth quarter and making adjustments. I got to make sure we we don't we got to swing that pendulum back a little bit of owning these openers and, and starting the way we're
0: capable of starting. And that's a huge part of it. That's what we want to continue to see. We want to see Texas come out this weekend more of a a well oiled machine. Now I know that Sark continues to talk about the fact, which I know a lot of people are are tired of hearing him say this, but the fact still remains that he believes that teams are adjusting to them. Well, one of the biggest adjustments is the three-three-five cloud that everybody continues to play to not let him throw the ball deep. And some of the numbers, let me find my paper real quick. Uh, a paper talking about what the numbers were yesterday, uh, last week, as Quinn was not able to throw the ball deep. And for for reference, we we always talking about the big play and how you can stretch the field and what is next um, for for Quinn. Yours, where where's the deep ball? We saw him have success against Alabama multiple times. And so people are now starting to adjust and they're like, well, wait a minute, let's make him throw the ball underneath and not let them stretch the field. So the biggest defense that continued to to give them trouble, which I was glad to see the adjustment from Sark. Like, let's let's be honest. That that showed me some growth in his play calling, And again. I'm not disrespecting the man. The man has schemed up great game plans. He's also known and forgot more football than I ever will. And I'm not questioning his football acronym. But the biggest part for me has always been the affinity to try to throw deep and the the the, the, the want to the entire time. Let's stretch the field, let's stretch the field, let's stretch the field. I understand that. I want you to be able to do so. Your guys are more talented than any other team that they're going to play against, especially on the outside. We've talked about that wide receiver room. But for the most part, if they're not going to give that deep ball to you, the continued drives, look for the underneath routes, get JT Sanders involved if you have to throw the ball because those guys can make people miss and they can get the field. Yards after catch are very important. I get that. But for me, a lot of times, you, you, Your biggest problem has always been that cloud defense. It's always been there. So as a play caller, what can you do to counteract that? They're not going to give you the deep ball. So what did you do? You started running the football. Bravo. Pound the ball. I love it. I was glad to see it. It made me feel good about I can refrain from that affinity for me to throw the ball so deep. I want to bust it open. Well, sometimes let your playmakers get the ball in space and they can do it for you. You don't have to stretch the field. But I want to get back to these numbers. So against Wyoming, our man Quinn, yours, who ended up going 11 of 31, uh, excuse me, 11 of 21 for 131 yards and two touchdowns. But... He was one of seven of passes of 10 yards down the field. 10 of 19 yards down the field. That is not a good number. 10 of 19 yards down the field, he was one of seven. Yards, his completions uh, from zero to nine yards, he was seven of eight. So he was dinking and dunking, and I know that frustrates Sark because he's like, I got to go deep. I got to have it. But he was not. He was o of 1, and this is where the maturity was. He was o of 1 of yards 25 or 20 yards or more down the field. So of those 11 completions, the farthest down the field was 11, I mean, was 19 yards. And I think that came when Jay Witt caught the crossing route and he ran it that far for 13 yards. Or 16 yards, excuse me. So he was one of four up the middle for 16 yards. Behind the line of scrimmage, he was three of five for 26 yards. Those are, are, are things that are, aren't exciting to you. They're not exciting to me. But if the defense is going to give you that, and you can still win a game by 21 points or more, even though it was late, even though you had a pick six, you have to make those adjustments. And I don't care what it looks like is at the end of the game, Texas wins. Now, are you getting style points anymore? I don't know. You're gonna have challenges, I get it. But the fact that I've seen some adjustments throughout this has been the most impressive thing to me. You have to be able to know your limitations. And that last week, Wyoming was like, I'm not going to get beat with the deep ball. I'm going to make you keep it underneath. I want to see the the clock run, and we're going to make this a ball game, and you're going to have to continue to play the entire time. That's impressive to me. So everybody was asking about Quinn yours, and, and that has been one of the biggest stories because when we look at Quinn and what he was able to do against Alabama, obviously we were all trying to get that. We wanted that. It was like, ooh, that's the game that we thought we were going to have last year and this year. We're going to see what happens if he can play upright. And Alabama refused to adjust, kind of like these other teams, kind of like what Wyoming did. Wyoming adjusted and said, I'm not going to let the deep ball beat me. Well, Alabama has unbelievable athletes, so they think that they can compete with everybody. And that's fair. By the way, shout out to Jalen Monroe to get his job back. Nick Saban basically told you, my off- my backup quarterbacks are hot garbage this is our best chance to win. Tommy Reese, you're on notice. You better draw up some plays for that young man. But I digress. You sit and you look at what Quinn was able to do against them. Now you you saw a little struggle. He kind of regressed a little bit. And I don't think he really regressed that much. It's just that you didn't get to see that wow factor of his arm. There were some drops along the way. But everybody wants to know what Sarks thought, the quarterback whisper on Quinn's game versus Wyoming, and there needs to be some adjustments made, but Sark still believes in them. Just every aspect of the passing game needs to improve. You know, it just we felt like we just weren't,
1: we weren't as sharp. You know, we had a, a protection breakdown in there. Um, didn't have the best play calls predicated on what the coverages were. I think Quinn could have, could have probably made a couple throws that he normally would make. So everybody kind of took their turn and that's again that's not to make excuses we all have to be better and and that you know again you think passing game you think play call and you think quarterback and most notably you, both of us need to be better um but i think everybody else needs to be better as well and so we all got to take responsibility uh, of that uh and we're going to need our passing game as we know and so again i'm not going to let one game kind of knock me off my rocker on this one um we were really good throwing the ball for two weeks especially in week two um it wasn't as clean as we wanted to. The lucky part for us, we have a run game that we can lean in on, a defense that can we can count on, and special teams. Um, but we'll, we'll get that fixed, and, and we'll go out and, and
0: play much better in the passing game this week. I, I love it. I love it. The fact that he said we we can lean on our running game and let our defense do the work. That's a you know that's the formula. I was talking about this the other day when we were, and I'll get into it when I talk NFL, but. When you're offensive-minded guy and you have those talented weapons, you kind of fall in love with it. You kind of fall in love with opportunities. You, you You really want to put up massive numbers because you want people to know I can draw it up and I got the players and you can't do anything with it. Well, then sometimes they make the adjustment themselves and they realize, well, maybe if I slow it down just a little bit and not let those guys run by me, and I can keep my my game plan the same and stay in this ball game, that's amazing to me. That's the chess match that we continue to talk about all the time. And so for me, the way that the chess match is being played right now with the Texas Longhorns and every team moving forward's defense is there's a formula. There's a formula. Old colleague and, and co-worker Rob Babers used to always give out these little trades, these secrets about it. And, and his game plans are normally right on point. And the biggest part of it is you want to make sure that you don't um feed into what the defense is is wanting you to do. They know that you're stubborn. They know that you believe that we can stretch the field. We could I'm not saying don't take shots. I'm not saying that. But when you, and I ain't talking about shot, 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 shot. I'm talking about, yeah, you can do that too. But um, you want to make sure that you're taking smart shots down the field and not reckless shots. And then also, you made the adjustment, and I was talking about this. I am a huge Jonathan Brooks fan. I don't know why my, more people aren't on his bandwagon. The guy has a different style. He's not that guy that you're going to see all the shiftiness that you're used to seeing with Bijan John Robinson. It's not the shiftiness that you're used to seeing with some of the other backs around the league. This dude just runs and he makes things happen. And I'm impressed with the way that he runs the football. He averaged seven point eight yards per carry last game. And I know you can you can even take off that 61 yard run and he still was getting up the field. But the running game is going to improve, and I was glad to hear that Coach Sark mentioned that. He would lean on it. And yeah, but other things that happened, you want to see what the run game improvements were.
1: Yeah, I, I hopefully we can continue to build off the run game um of kind of where we where we got to last week. Um, you know, the one of the one of the challenges from a coaching perspective is, you know, we try to anticipate the looks that we're going to get. And then we try to put our players in position to practice those things. And then so that they can operate at a high level, but ultimately we're always going to get some things in game that are, that are different, right. That are new. And that's when our players really have to trust their training. That's when they have to fall back on their, their fundamentals, right. The training that we've put them through, through training camp and where the rules apply to each run, and, and block it to their capability. And then on the sideline, we can get those things fixed. And so I think we can mature in, 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 that, in that frame of like, hey, we're going to practice our runs this week versus the variety of things we think we're going to get. If something outlandish comes out, if we just trust our training, we stick to our fundamentals and techniques, we should cover them up it might not be the ideal run versus that specific look or that front. Then that's where we have to adapt and we have to adjust as a coaching staff and and maybe get them to something different.
0: And that's where the coaching staff comes in. And everybody wants to talk about shiny and new. One of the things you can always find that is shiny and new is the new covert BK. That's right. It's nestled on 42 acres in the beautiful hill country. Covert BKs has three state of the art dealerships carrying seven brands, Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. In addition to those seven brands, they also have Covert Ford in Huddle and also Ford Lincoln in Austin. Covert B Caves has something for everyone, including 86 service bays. So your wait time will be minimal. Please visit covertbcave.com for the latest specials and inventory, or just go out there and see them. They will definitely help you out. That is covertbcave.com. Um I wanted to talk a little bit more about this Texas football game, but I'll get into that tomorrow as they prepare for Baylor. I just wanted to say that I thought this defense has done an unbelievable job getting themselves ready and bringing the noise throughout. Um, we, We sometimes get spoiled because we've had a lot of things that have gone our way and then some things that haven't gone our way. There's a lot of opportunity that is out there. But I think that this Texas football team still has everything that they need right in front of them. And, yes, it is our job to nitpick at every, not every little thing, but there's a lot of things that are left to be desired, I guess you would say. But as a whole, I think that this team has shown some resilience. I think that this team has shown some resolve. And they've shown that they are not, um, their goals are still in front of them so they're not fading away from what they got in front of them. You got great leadership. You got some guys that have have taken it upon themselves to will everybody to, to wanna come out there and play well. So I'm not being too critical of the things that I've seen. But I do understand where some of the worry is, especially when you got an offense that is returning all offensive linemen. Unfortunately, Cole Hudson will be back or uh, won't be back. He's going to be out for a while. Uh, Christopher Ross is uh, dealing with an injury, and he's been playing. He's played in every single game, and he's been affected the entire time. But now he's on the injury report, so he won't be there. But all in all, this is a pretty healthy team. You're going into each game. You get your running back back in Baxter, so that's going to be huge for you. So you've done some things to put yourself in this position to lead into Big 12 play. And now, like Coach Sark says, everybody's 0-0 zero and zero when you get into the Big 12. And Baylor, uh, Dave Aranda mentioned that the only game that everybody has talked to him about is this game against Texas. So we believe that they are going to be focused. But I want to transition a little bit, and I want to talk about the Dallas Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys has been putting together something that is, is is pretty interesting when you think about it. We saw some trends of it last year. We saw that the defense was was headed in the right direction. They've done some things that are really, really unique and special. And they make everything look unorthodox. Uh, what Dan Quinn has created on the defensive side of the ball has truly been amazing. When you sit back and you think about Micah Parsons, who is actually a certified certified freak, you saw the lady in the airport want say, that M. Ever is not real. That is what he is. He's a certified freak in a good way. He's done some of the most impressive things with this defense. The speed, the power, the relentlessness, uh, and the nature in which he plays with. And then you also, you you have to watch him on TV. That's what it is. If If you're in front of a TV and you're watching a game and the Dallas Cowboys offense punts or scores or whatever, and that defense gets a chance to go onto the field, you have to keep your eye on Micah. Parsons, and then you add in the fact of the defensive backs with Trayvon Diggs and Stephon Gilmore, what they've made it happen because those guys are making they they take opportunities to a whole new level. They had four uh, turnovers last game, including three interceptions last week. They turned they turned over uh, Daniel was it Daniel Jones? Yeah, Daniel Jones. They run New York. They like when uh, Snoop Dogg came through New York and he crushed the towers. Back in the day when they had that East Coast, West Coast, they came through. That is what Dallas was able to do. And then you start thinking about the other guys on that team. LVE and, and J. Ron Curse are playing unbelievable football right now. You don't even, I was very critical when they drafted LVE, Leighton Van der Rush. But then you sit there and you're like, damn, this dude is really one of the most talented guys that are out there. Then you sit here and you start thinking about, uh, The big fellas up front, D-Law, Dante Fowler are doing it big. The defense are putting up numbers that are compared to the 85 Bears and the 2,000 Ravens. Michael Parsons said that they want to be the best defense in NFL this year and in history. And what they have been able to do during this time has has been making that happen. The Cowboys defense has only allowed 10 points total all season and if you give up you know, you Garrett Wilson does his thing in Texas Stadium, that's what I like about Garrett Wilson, he's a dog and I love him he got a big play, the linebacker nor the safety came underneath Stephon Gilmore was on the backside. they ended up missing it and he ends up taking it to the house so if you take that away, they've only given up three points in two games, they gave up ten points in two games, Michael Parsons has three sacks, Jose Indig- with Zuma. Is somebody that you're going to need to be paying attention to. He is so fun to watch, and he's a guy that when you if you don't watch a lot of football, you probably never even heard of him. But this guy is just as as deadly as Micah. I'm not saying them on the same side. They're not the all certified freaks. Uh, D. Uh, Dorrance Armstrong has been effective. D. Law has been very effective, and Chauncey Goldston has been big. The secondary has so much help on the back end. J. Ron Curse, Hooker and Deron Bland. Deron Bland has been doing an unbelievable job. We had somebody a few, when the Cowboys picked up De'Ron Bland, he told me, he was like, "Hart, you're going to like this kid from Fresno State. And I was like, ah, Fresno State, yeah. well, he's right. He's been he's been playing some really good football, and they're really high on Marquis' belt, another guy that I got a chance to watch, and I thought for sure. I said, if the Cowboys can get this kid, he is going to win. Be special, And now they've got him playing in the box. He's a big guy. He can play linebacker. He can play free safety. He's almost like J-Ron Curse, where you can just move him around and just let him go to work. And think about this. They don't even have Donovan Wilson back yet. Donovan Wilson is a head hunter who just got paid, by the way. He is unbelievable. This defense has a chance to be something special, and the Cowboys have to understand what they have and don't try to over play their head Uh, then I want to switch over to the offensive side of the ball Dak Prescott who everybody has been talking about interceptions and pushing him and saying that he's gonna when is the interception gonna happen and Dak is to the point now where he's starting to get a little irritated on some of this stuff but coming into the season the narrative was Dak isn't gonna take this team to the promised land well think about some of the quarterbacks that you thought was going to take their team to the promised land. And you still haven't had this. Uh, what are the, the other story was, what are they going to do without Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy going to be calling plays? And, oh, what's going to happen? Well, let me tell you what's going to happen. They ran the ball and they let the defense rest, keep them fresh to go out there. Through through two games, the Cowboys had a time of possession. This is what they averaged. 34 minutes and 23 seconds. That's That's some good stuff right there. They're controlling the ball. And in the last game against the Jets, they controlled the ball for 42 minutes and 15 seconds. That is the recipe. Last year, Kellen Moore thinks that he is playing fantasy football and trying to put up fantasy point numbers for all of us who decide to pick Cowboys on their team when the reality of it is the head coach's job is to win football games. The offensive coordinator, as I was saying before with Coach Sark, you're looking to put up all these numbers and you know get your name in the paper. But the reality of it is, is if you control the ball, that means you're keeping the other team off the field. Your defense, who is savages, is resting. So when they come in and you can score points, whether it's all these field goals. By the way, we got a kicker that nobody knows, but he was perfect this weekend. Love it, love it, love it. Um, But you sit there and you look at it and you go, well, if you run the ball, you got better balance. The clock continues to run and now everything works. Who cares about the fantasy numbers when it comes to that? You can still get your fantasy nothing. Dak has taken control of the ball. He's taken care of it. No, No interceptions, knock on wood. And you sit there and Cowboys have run the ball 74 times this year and only thrown it 62 times. Dak is 44 of 62 with 398. He started the last game 13 of 13, by the way. Don't forget that. He has two TDs and his passer rating is 83.7. You know who else's passer rating is that high? Brock Purdy. Everybody's talking about Brock Purdy and how he's controlling the ball. Why is everybody still trying to hate on Dak? Because he is doing the same thing. And, oh, yeah, Brock Purdy, he's got a really good defense, probably one and two in the NFL. So where, where, where are we at with this? Anyway, I digress. They're running the ball better and smartly, running on first downs and extending. Dak is running the ball and doing it smartly. He's running on to get first downs, as I was saying about, My man, Quinn, yours, and it's so crazy that the Cowboys and the the Texas Longhorns parallels are unfathomable. I can't tell you how many times I'm sitting there thinking about the Cowboys while I'm watching the Longhorns and the Longhorns while I'm watching the Cowboys. They mirror each other. Take care of the football. Let your defense go to work, and you will be just fine. He's being heady with it. He did make one bad throw last week against uh, Sauce Gardner that Sauce Gardner almost picked and took to the house. Glad he didn't, because then the world would have never stopped talking about Dak throwing interceptions. The running game and the, the, the balance are very, very important. You have great game by CeeDee Lamb. He had 11 receptions and uh, 11 receptions for 143 yards. Tony Parler had uh, 36 yards receiving. Being diligent with the football, CeeDee's your guy, so everything is making it happen. Then you also look at the fact the Cowboys' offense has a lot of options. And Jake Ferguson and even the new rookie, uh, Luke uh, Schoonmaker, is a a player too. I'll put some respect on his name. He's done well. So for me, the Dallas Cowboys have continued to do the things that we've asked of them in the levels in which they have played right now. Game two games in, I understand it. They're going to get challenged. They're playing Arizona this week. Arizona will be without Buda Baker. So that's a big part of their defense. And I know that these guys are are, are professionals and they want to win. Joshua Dobbs, he played well last week. But what do they have? I think the only thing you're going to need to do is stop the running game, and that is with James Conner. So if you can do that and make them one-dimensional, you're not going to give them too much. And don't forget, guys, they are trying to tank. Um, Someone that's never tanking is the great folks over at Audio Visual Consultation. That's right. My man Tom McKay and his crew will do everything for you. Whether you're trying to get a a home theater, a new setup in the living room, or you're even trying to get something hooked up on your outside, Tom McKay and his crew can get it done for you. Do yourself a favor. Go to avconsultations.com or give them a call. 512-255-8678 and they will come and set it up. Don't spend all the money on the big box stores. It can You walk in there, they're always looking at you. Don't do that. Tom gets the stuff for you, and he will come and tell you how to set it all up, what will look good in there. He did my living room and got the two TVs set up for me. So make sure you give them a call, 512-255-8678, or visit abconsultations.com. I also want to give a shout-out to my folks over at Pest Wranglers. Go to PestWranglers.com for all your pest control needs. Pest Wranglers is locally owned and it's a small family business that's been around since 2006. Pest Wranglers service most of the Central Texas area. So if you're in need of getting rid of mosquitoes, termites, rodents, or got a property and you need inspections on your residential or commercial properties, please go to pestwranglers.com or give them a call 512-670-7808. The beautiful part about this company is they won't make you sign a contract because they believe if you're a happy customer, you're going to continue to call them and that's how they built this business. They got five-star ratings on Google, Yup, Angie's List, and all referral sites. So give them a shout at pest. Wranglers.com or 512-670-7808. So I had a part that I posted today about NFL rookies. And, you know, obviously Bryce Young, you got a chance to see him last night. I feel bad for the young man. I feel really, really bad for the young Heisman Trophy winner. I know he's the number one overall pick, and everybody expects miracles half the time when you get drafted there. But the reason why you're the number one pick is because the team that you're going to sucks. And I know that the Carolina Panthers are trying to put some things together. They got Frank Reich in there, and I like Frank Reich as the head coach. But, man, it is hard to watch that team when they don't protect them. But as you said, and you look at who the top rookies are right now. C.J. Stroud is looking good. I think that the Texans got that one right. I know a lot of people were wondering if he was the right choice, but I think what C.J. Stroud has been able to do, I know that they're 0-2, but C.J. Stroud has looked the part. He's done some good things. He's recognizing he's making the right play. Got Tank Dale at wide receiver, who's now getting his opportunity Former Houston Cougars uh player. He's making plays for them. Um, that's one of the rookies that I've been really paying attention to. I know that they're 0-2, but he is not the reason why they are 0-2. Uh another rookie that has looked really good is the rookie in Baltimore, Zay Flowers. He's had an amazing start to his career. Him and Lamar Jackson, they finally are starting to put players in place. And now that Odell Beckham Jr. is dealing with an ankle injury. This may be another opportunity for uh, Tank Dell to take. A, I mean, excuse me, for Zay Flowers to take another big step. Another player that has been exciting for to watch. And I know a lot of people don't watch the defensive side of the ball, but on the defensive side of the ball, you need to pay attention to uh, Christian Gonzalez. Of the Patriots. He's a guy out of Oregon. Guy makes play after play after play, and they're using him in the right way. They're scheming him up, coming off blitzes, uh, shadowing some wide receivers. The guy has played a really, really good defense. I mean, y'all defensive bat. Uh, but Bijan Robinson is somebody that we all know here, but to me, and maybe it's just me. Bijan looks like he has been better in the NFL than he has in college. He looks bigger. He looks stronger. He looks quicker. And he definitely has always been fast, but he looks like he is faster. The moves that he is making and has the ability to make in a small space has been very, very impressive to me. And we've seen it. We knew he was a super freak, but you sit and watch him. And you just can't take your eyes. He's mesmerizing because of the things that he's able to do. And here he is last week. I think he's number two in the NFL in rushing yards. But last week, he's pretty much put the team on his back. I got him on my fantasy team, and he put me in the upper echelon of the fantasy scores this week. I scored 174 points in my fantasy league this week. And he was one of the reasons that, he he continues to make moves, and you're right, Wags. He does not move like he's 220, but he, he makes it look effortless and does it with ease. But the biggest story in the NFL is not Bijan Robinson. It is for us. But the story across the NFL is the wide receiver for the L.A. Rams, Puka Nasua. That's right. I hope I said it right. He is balling. He's got 25 receptions for 226 yards. He has been targeted 35 times. And with Cooper Rush being out, I mean, Cooper Rush, Cooper Cup being out, this young man is taking full advantage of it. He's the rookie from BYU. He is the first player in NFL history to have 10 or more receptions and over 100 yards. In his first two career football games in the NFL, he set records with 20 or more receptions in the first two games in his career. And this is Puka. Puka is one of those guys that you, if you don't pay attention to him or you hadn't picked him up in your fantasy league, you need to make sure that you're paying attention to this guy because even if Cooper Cup, not Rush, even if Cooper Cup comes back, I still believe that he's going to be a major part of what they are trying to do. So pay attention to him. He's dangerous. He's been a go-to of Matthew Stafford, and they it, they are definitely making things happen, for sure. Another name to think of over in Denver. Sorry, DJ, your team is terrible, but Another team in Denver, uh, Marvin Menz Jr. that played in Oklahoma, He he's turned out to be a big find for um, my man Sean Payton, who, by the way, is about to lose his mind in Denver. And we'll get into that right now. But before we get into that, we want to say a a special thanks to our new sponsor. We got ourselves a new sponsor to the show, and it's the folks over at 4.0. Roofs. That's right. I want to tell you about my friends over at Four Roofs. Go to fourroofstx.com for all your roofing needs. Whether it's residential or commercial, give Four Roofs TX a chance. They've been doing some stuff. And as you know, Texas has some crazy, crazy weather. We just had a bunch of rain that came through. And I guarantee you, some of you have not even checked on your roof. All you have to do is give them a shout at 4 roofs, TX, the number 4RoofsTX.com. This is a locally owned company, company that understands the needs of this area. They have over 15 years of experience. experience. They're 15, uh, excuse me, they have affordable pricing and a quick response time. They are thorough and very trustworthy. I've used them for my homes and then my neighbors have used them as well. I know these guys personally and you won't be disappointed. I can promise you that. They provide an on-site project manager on every job to make sure that everything goes smooth. So what are you waiting for? Reach out and have them come and do an inspection for you. You can give them a call at 512-520-5884 or 4, the number 4, Ruthstx.com. Thank you to those guys for being a sponsor of this show, and they will continue to help you out. And Tell them you heard it here, and we'll get you taken care of. But I wanted to talk about this, and this is something that a lot of people are trying to figure out right now. The teams that are owing to, and how much trouble are they in? The Denver Broncos. Sorry, it's DJ. My son DJ, he's a Russell Wilson fan. I know. Don't y'all talk trash to him. That's my boy. Leave him alone. But Sean Payton is not in a good mood. They are owing to, and they haven't really looked that bad but they haven't looked great and they haven't finished games so you need to be careful with that uh the panthers we talked about bryce young and what they look like they don't look good they just look like they're in in, it's not a good look for the panthers i don't even want to go that far with them because they're a team that i do not believe will even come remotely to making a run at this time the texans they're another team they have their moments But we expected them to struggle, so it's not truly, truly a surprise. The Minnesota Vikings, the Minnesota Vikings, that is the team that is kind of surprised that they are 0-2. They made the playoffs last year, and we know the numbers are really tough on on teams that start 0-2. I believe the last team that does it, that did it before, was, guessed it, the Cincinnati Bengals, who are also... 0-2. 0 oh, 2. They made it to the title game last year after starting 0 2. But I think their struggles are really, really deeper than just Joe Burrow being injured. He missed all of spring training, all of camp because of an injury. Now he's re aggravated that. And you're still wondering what's next. The Patriots. The Patriots are 0 2. Thanks, Wag. The Patriots are 0 2. Mac Jones, he seems to be doing a little bit better. They brought in. Uh, Bill O'Brien to help him out but is he really doing that is he really that good is he is the defense I told you about Christian Gonzalez but is this team able to take that next step the Cleveland Browns the Cleveland Browns team that is no wait they won they won they won the first game so they're one and one but they looked ugly last night and the injury to Nick Chubb is even uglier uh, praying for a speedy recovery for that young man. That was awful. I'm glad ESPN decided to not show it again. But of course, everybody floods your timelines showing it because you are sick. People out there, there are sick people out there that really want to see those gross injuries, and I couldn't stand it. Every time I, I turned on my, looked at my phone, I was like, "Nope, can't do it. Can't do it." So that's that's what it is. Uh, the team that's got the biggest problem, though that everybody wanted to talk about, that thought that they got it all figured out, is the Los Angeles Chargers. This is a team that Brandon Staley, who, to me, does not deserve to be a head coach anymore. He's made very questionable calls. He's done some things analytically instead of the feel of the game. Because when you're there, those analytics don't always come into play. You have to know what your team is doing. The numbers may say something, but if your team is performing at a certain level, that's when you know that there's a problem because you go analytically instead of what you see from your team. So they lost a 27-point lead last year in the playoffs to the Jaguars. They were up 27 points in the playoff game to the Jaguars ended up losing that game. That's the first red flag. And by the way, isn't he supposed to be a defensive minded coach? I don't know. Then you had to lead against Miami, and of course they have those the track team over there in Miami. So they score quick and they score often. So then you end up losing that game. And then last week against Tennessee, you're winning the game by 11 points and you end up losing it as well. So when do we start looking at Brandon Staley and putting him on the hot seat? Everybody else trying to put other coaches on the hot seat. Everybody else talking about Mike McCarthy. Oh, he needs to get out, They need to put him on the hot seat. There are some coaches in this NFL that I wouldn't say jump the line, but have made some big jumps in the game that I'm sitting there right now and I'm trying to figure out how does Brandon Staley not have on asbestos draws right now? I'm talking about he should be walking around flammable because he may not be the answer. Everybody wants to talk about the talent that they have. They have a ton of talent on that team. Their defense can play. They got some highly paid guys on that defense. By the way, again, isn't he supposed to be a defensive-minded coach? But yet and still, your team keeps giving up points in the second half and you end up losing ball games. And oh, yeah, they got Kellen Moore over there. They're putting up points, guys. Fantasy football dreams. Don't ever pick up their defense right now because they're going to give it up, and they're going to give it up often. So to me, I think the team that has the most disappointed 0-2 start is not the Cincinnati Bengals, because we've seen what they can do. It's the Los Angeles Chargers and Brandon Staley, because they continue to come up short. I don't know, folks. Y'all let me know. Who's the most disappointed team? You can hit me up on Twitter, or you can hit us up at TS Unfiltered on Twitter or Instagram, or you can hit me at HardballHards on all of my my sites. Uh, Make sure you stay tuned today. Hit us up on the text line, 512-222-9328. But, yeah, the Chargers, most disappointing team in the NFL by far. I want to end the show today by talking a little bit about baseball. In giving you a, a little positive positives that are out there. Uh actually, they're not too positive. I'm gonna Houston, we have a problem. Ryan Presley gave up a three-run home run to Cedric Mullins last night against the Baltimore Orioles to lose the game eight to seven. The Mariners beat the A's, a team that the Astros had a tough time against. Uh, they won five to zero, and the Rangers lost to the Red Sox, four to two. So now the race in the West is even tighter than before. And the wild card, the Rays are in, in, in the wild card. The Rays are going to be in. Toronto Blue Jays are now have the number two spot, the, the number two spot, but Seattle and Texas are tied for the number three spot with the 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 A's. I mean, the uh, Astros are still in first place in the West, but it's getting real shaky. If you want to be honest, it is getting very, very shaky in the AL West. So, Ike, you better get your Astros ready because this is going to be a fight to the finish. We got two weeks left in the regular season, and I guarantee you that the West is going to come down to the wire. And if you don't win the West, you better hope you went. You're in one of those spots for that that second or third wild that third wild card spot because right now it's looking really, really rough. I do want to say this, though. Adam Wainwright, who's been in the major leagues for two decades, uh, became, he got the, his 200th major league win. And it is an amazing feat, especially with a guy that has been with the Cardinals, and every year you think he's going to retire, but he comes back for one more year. I think this will be the reason why he retires, because he did get his 200th victory, which is very, very important. In history, he became only the third pitcher in Cardinals history to uh, get his 200th win with the Cardinals. Um, One of the people is Bob Gibson. He had 251, Hall of Famer. And Jesse Haynes, a Hall of Famer as well, with 210. So it is safe to say that Adam Wainwright, now that he made the 200 club, there is a possibility that he will be in the conversation for being a um, Hall of Famer. That's the only bright spot you could have for the Cardinals this year because it has been very unexpected for them to be that and uh, to be this bad. But for them, Wainwright being able to do it, and by the way, he did a country song. He did a, a post-game concert the other day as he was playing music because I guess that's gonna be his another, his next career. But he also is the fifth active pitcher in Major League Baseball, as we speak, with 200 wins, uh, Kershaw has 209. Max Scherzer has 214. Uh, Grinky, Zach Grinky, who will be a, a team owner for sure. He's going to be a a a team owner at some point. I guarantee you that. Zach Grinky has 224. And Justin Verlander, J.V., has 255. No y'all need him to get uh Ike needs him to get 256 coming up pretty soon so they can get this win. But uh as always that's a good good thing for Adam Wainwright and the Cardinals. Big time big time run. Baseball season is in full effect right now. We're down to the wire. We just talked about it. We had Chipper Jones yesterday on the show and he loves his uh his Braves, but you know as well as I do, and he brought this up yesterday, he talked about the fact that first series is always a tough one because if you get the bye, you're sitting at home and you don't have that rhythm that you normally have, and the other team gets a way to get things going. So I would like to say that I'm still, I'm still in the Braves corner because they have pitching. Uh, You can't go away from the Dodgers because what they were able to do. So I expect the Braves and the Dodgers to play for the NL pennant. And then I look at, in the American League, the Baltimore Orioles are a scary, scary team. Manager Hyde has done a great job with them. He, He keeps these guys ready to play. And it has been very, very impressive to watch them go about it, especially when you remember a few years ago, they were one of the worst teams in baseball. And for them to make the trek and become the team that they had, that's a credit to their organization because they're not afraid to bring up young stars. They they have done everything they can possibly do to bring up young stars to help them throughout this run. But it seems to be that he has control of that locker room and he's done some unbelievable things. Well, that would be my show today. I see my man Trey. I'm about to add him here in just a second. But just remember this. Don't believe everything you see, because even salt looks like sugar. Peace. Trey, what's happening,
2: my man? What's happening, Harge? I'll make sure not to click myself in before (laughs) that sign-off going forward. No,
0: you're perfect. You're perfect, man. So have you had a chance to do a little bit of the watching of Major League Baseball down this home stretch?
2: No, unfortunately, Mike Harge, I'm a Texas Rangers fan, so baseball is dead to me right now. I know this team gave me some false hope hope over the last week, but here we now find ourselves on another four-game losing streak. So I'm not getting my hopes up again. They make it to the postseason. I may watch a little bit of that, but in the meantime, all
0: my sports focus is on football right now. And it's funny that you bring that up because I brought this story up a while back. I got a chance to go to spring training this past year. I saw Jacob DeGrom. I got a chance to see Nathan Uvalde. They're both pitching simultaneously on two different fields. And I'm sitting there with uh, Chris Young. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, dude, you've done an excellent job of putting this team together. You look at Seager, you look at Simeon, what they were able to do. The outfield, they got everybody placed in the right place. And you're like, oh, this is going to be great. And then you gotta go play the season. And then those injuries start popping up. So when you look at it, you're like, man, what in the hell is going on? So as somebody that saw it and believed in it, I understand where your troubles
2: lie. Yeah, I've seen some people who are negative on Chris Young and I disagree with those assessments. I think he's done a great job of building this roster so far too. And going out and getting Bruce Boshi was a huge move, move, obviously weird side note on chris young my brothers went to high school with him one of my brothers played basketball with him and of course yeah he's like 16 at princeton as well as baseball and the other brother my younger brother played baseball with him on the highland park baseball team so uh, i had a chance to know him in high school and even going back then he was a gentle giant he was a guy yeah. who was dominant in sports but couldn't find a nicer person on the planet. So I'm glad to see him having this level of success as a general manager after, of course, a long Major League Baseball career, too. Yeah, he's one of the good guys
0: in the game, and you're right. He's going to get some flack for sure. But as anything else, you got to roll with the punches.
2: Hey, what Trey didn't tell you, hardball Von Beethoven, is that <laughs> he's got a $7,000 Vegas bet slip on the Rangers to win the World Series this year. Before the season started, I was out in Vegas, and I asked a couple of my buddies, I'm like, hey, can I place any bets for y'all? And Trey's like, put a 100 bucks on the Rangers to win the World Series. And I'm like, dude, are you on crack again? What are you doing? (laughs) And he's like, nope, we're doing it. So, you know, the Rangers, better than anyone expected going into the year. Trey's got a lot. He might not be watching, but he's got a lot riding on this
0: ball club this season. Well, that makes it even more for me to pull for you, Trey, because I want some of that cash for you, bro. <laughs> I Appreciate will, uh, you guys. I will make it rain a thousand
2: dollars on you if I win the seven thousand hard. <laughs> Let's
0: go, Rangers! Let's go, Rangers!
2: Uh, Y'all have a great show, buddy.